That's one small step for Nighthawk. One giant leap for Dragon. When I get to the workplace, I like to fuck shit up. I do. I want some man meat. Son, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol. It is caught by Tyree. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Yo, and a huge welcome to you to episode 1.04 of the Basement Olympics podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ty, and you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Ty. As always, I'm teamed up with the usual crew, Big Al Clayton, our sports betting expert, Chris Schultes, and our behind-the-scenes guy, Mr. Pete Walski. Boys, we finally made it. And what has just been an awful year for not only sports, honestly, but the whole world, football season is actually upon us. The NFL kicks off uh, tomorrow with the Texans visiting the Super Bowl champs and the Chiefs. And, you know, then we have a somewhat full slate of college games this weekend. Uh, no SEC, but, you know, it's still – College football, nonetheless, some top fifteen, uh, top fifteen teams going to be playing, kicking off. So it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be nice. It's going to be real nice to see. Uh, but before we dive in, let's bring in the team. Big Al, talk to me, bro. What's going on? Yo, I'm so amped tomorrow. I'm, I'm absolutely leaving work early tomorrow. I'm just going to sprint home. I'm going to get my workout in. I just want to get right to a couch, watch this freaking game, man. The NFL season's here. I'm hyped. Throwing mad bets down. I don't even care. Like if I lose, I'm so excited for this. You have game. to week one. You really uh, have to. You do because I don't even care if I lose because you got so many fancy football matchups. You got your favorite team playing, dude. And I, honestly, this is the Jets Super Bowl, like I said before. So it's all in for them on game one. Jets got the Bills, right? Yeah, yeah. Jets big got game. the Bills. That's gonna be huge, man. I, I'm just I'm so curious to see what they do, what the Jets come out and look like. I mean, like I said before, man, their offensive lines improved and. The whole Le'Veon Bell debacle, like, I just want to see how it all shapes out in the field. A lot of people sleeping on Bell, man. Uh, I can't say that I'm one of them. I'm definitely a little discouraged because of Gase, but I'm excited. I'm really excited for that. And, dude, Perriman and Mims are both playing. Mims is in? Yeah, they're both playing. Wow. Were they even listed as questionable? Uh, So they didn't practice. Well, Mims didn't practice, like, pretty much all of training camp. And Perriman just came back. They're both practicing full this week. Uh. Thank you, Rich Samini, for actually producing some good work Big out there. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, they're both practicing, and I'm so excited for them to play. And, uh, yeah, man, like, let's let's go Jets. Let's get it. Let's get it. I hope they win, man, because, you know, I, I think Buffalo's being a little overhyped. I get why they're the favorite in the AFC East, but a little overhyped maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Big Schultz, man, what's going on? You, you, had, uh, you had some comeback bets last week, or, yeah, for last week – I guess week two's bets kind of right. hit nice. Yep. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of the blame for the whole BYU Navy game. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a bit. We'll talk about that in a bit. But what's going on, bro? How you doing? Not much, dude. It's it's uh, it's football eve. It's Christmas eve for football, and I cannot be any more excited. Yeah, I tell you what, dude. We've been waiting all fucking year since the Chiefs made that comeback in the Super Bowl. I couldn't fucking wait to see Sammy D come out there, sling the ball every Sunday on my couch. Scott Hansen, he's back. Seven oh, hours. I missed him. Seven, yeah, I, I missed was, him. Wait, did I tell you guys I was genuinely debating getting a cameo of him talking and introducing us into the podcast? That so if, if any, I mean, it's still possible. It's like 70 bones. So I would do it. If anybody wants to donate to us, my Venmo is at Zach Ty. If at anybody Zach wants to, to donate a few bucks so we could get Scott Hansen to bring in uh, the guys on the podcast because he'd probably do a lot better of a job than I do. 
But uh, Schultz, what's going on? Did you get a did you get a lift in today? What, what happened? I did not. Dude, I had a real busy day. Um, you know, I had to come up with the uh, the picks for this upcoming week. You know, week one is always one of the toughest to bet, especially for football. By far. You know, it, it really could go either way. But you know, we'll get into the bets a little bit later on. But I'm fairly confident in pretty much all of them. Um, good week last week. Not so much towards the blackjack side of things for all oh, my uh, man. online blackjack guys. You know the struggle. You have one massive win. You ride the train. You think you're getting hot. Nope. Bro, it's always big, one big step loss. forward, two steps back for me in blackjack. Yep. I'll win a thousand dollars and then I'll lose consistently like six fifty the next like four weeks. Oh yeah. So anyway, Sbets and I was in a little hiatus towards the uh, tail end of last week, but um, the picks of the week last week we went one and one. Obviously, we'll talk about the Navy BYU. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm taking not, the blame there. I'm not going to count that though. I'm, I'm not going to count that. Not for you. you since know, I'm we're, pick. We're going to ride the wave. We're going to ride the wave going into this week. Football's back. We got the Big Twelve. We got the ACC coming back as well. I'm ready to go. Let's get into the show. Let's get it. Let's get it. Now, all right, so before we get into things, I do want to address the absolute joke of a game that was the BYU-Navy game. And like I said before, as you as you may recall in the last pod, I took Navy minus one. And while I wasn't too confident in it, that's, you know, what I went with, even though I was put on the spot and, you know, didn't know even what the line was before Schultz told me that day. But, you know, whatever, I did take Navy minus one. I'll loan up to it. But I had no freaking clue that the game against BYU was the first time Navy tackled anything other than dummies and pads at practice. If I would have known that, I would have slammed BYU. Uh, I mean, I know Schultz told me that uh, after the pod, he told me that a lot of experts were nailing the BYU plus one. But, you know, nevertheless, coaches, take this as an example. And if you don't think live practices matter, you get slammed by 52 fucking points. The game was actually hard to watch. Uh, it, It was... It was hard. I'll take total blame for that minus one if you happen to listen to me. I don't know if anybody did, but like Shell said, man, for the first week of football, college football, uh, any level of any sport, the first week and first day of games is so tough to predict. Navy was minus one by Las Vegas. Like Vegas knows their shit. Minus one, they lost by 52. 52 it's points, insane. man. It's literally insane. But how much of an influence was the triple option? In your bet. How many times did you just like load up NCAA 14? You're like, I'm going to go Absolutely. to Georgia Tech just because I want to run the ball every play. Bro, I run the triple option in Madden 21 still to this day. Oh, my God. To this day. We, we actually, so those who are listening that don't know, we actually ran the triple option when we played football in high school. Uh, not the best for us since we're all pretty bulky fucking non-athletic dudes. But, uh, yeah, man, triple option. That's It holds a special place in our fucking hearts. Uh, I, w- I will say that for sure. Dude, if you're the quarterback for triple option team, you are dead after every practice. You're oh, getting yeah. hit every play. Oh, yeah. You're running every single play. It's insane. And then on top of that, you got to do like 50-yard gassers every single time at the practice. Thank you, Coach Curry. Oh, my God. So bad. Uh, also, yeah, this past week, shortly after the last episode aired, nonetheless, uh, Leonard Fournette decided to team up with Tom Brady and sign with Tampa Bay. And uh, I don't know about you, but immediately after this happened, I went to Twitter to see how the Ronald Jones lovers were holding up. And it, it, it made me laugh. You know, it was it was funny to see everybody who was so big on Jones. And I know it's unfair. I know they did sign, you know, somebody else. And it's not Jones just busting. But it was funny to see those who, you know, confidently took Ronald Jones as their, you know, high-end RB2 per se. Oh, and he's just going to be about, dog shit this how year. How about right? all those key, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn truthers oh, no. out there? Oh, my God. <laughs> if you took Keyshawn Vaughn in the end of the first round in, in a rookie drafts, man, I honestly feel for you. Like, just that's awful because Keyshawn Vaughn, he was already, you know, not impressing anybody in camp and, you know, was talked about in a in a return role, like kickoffs and punts and whatnot. 
And then now with Fournette there, man, I can't see him. I really can't see him having any fantasy value, at least this season, maybe going forward. But he really has to pop off, and he didn't have the preseason to do it. So it's going to be tough for him, man. He's one of those guys, though, that like if the owner of Keyshawn Vaughn that's spent like a high pick on him, if you throw him like a third or a fourth, he's not a bad guy to like invest in. But sheesh, man, that that is a tough, tough. Investment. But you know what? A lot of people just needed, they really saw the opening in that backfield. And no matter who it was that went there, no matter what the prospect was, you know, you could have had Eno Benjamin, who I think fell all the way to the sixth. If he would have went to Tampa Bay in the fifth or sixth, you know, people would have been high on Eno Benjamin. It's just that backfield with that offense, that firepower, that coaching staff, you thought that the guy that they take in the draft will be the guy just because Ronald Jones is disappointed so far. Um, but yeah, a lot of fantasy implications coming out of that, man. And it's totally controversial. You know, a lot of people still think Ronald Jones is going to beat out Fournette, which I think is ludicrous, but you know, nah, it's going to take like one week, let Rojo, you know, not impress anybody because he doesn't really have any outstanding physical traits. Uh, Fournette's going to be the starter eventually. Uh, it just, all it takes is for him to learn the playbook and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And honestly, um, a lot of people have asked me and just brought up the, the question at hand, that, uh, you know, we know Fournette signed, but is he actually going to have a role week one? And obviously the first thought is no. You know, he just signed with the team a week before week one. Uh, with, with all the COVID guidelines and whatever, he's not going to be able to digest a full playbook and be able to step into that role week one. But the the, the reports coming out of, out, of that, out of that team has said that he's picked up things really well and he's going to have a big vital role week one. Against the Saints. Yeah, I don't really see him being involved unless it's like an early down kind of thing because pretty much everybody and their mother knows it's going to be, you know, just off-tackle run or run up the middle. Uh, I could see him in goal line work as well. Um, yeah, he's a big dude. So. so, yeah, but I don't see him being in any, like, complex, you know, third down role type of thing because there's just no way he picked up passing rounds or anything like that. Yeah, there's just too much. He did have 90 receptions last year, so. Yeah, I'm not saying he can. It's just it's it's a very unique play calling style that Bruce Arians has, and going to that offense with a week's notice, with probably less than a week's notice because of COVID guidelines, it's just not easy, man. It's not easy to pick up on for anybody. You know, you could be Tom Brady if you only get if you're only given a week to digest a complex offense, and then it'd be expected to go out against NFL talent in the Saints, nonetheless, against a good defense. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for him. I'm staying away from that backfield week one. I don't know about you. but Yeah, no, I'm definitely out I don't even that. own any of them. But, but you know what I saw that was super weird? I saw a picture of Brian Leftwich and Tom Brady, like, talking to each other on the sidelines in camp. <laughs> and it's, like, insane. They played each other Leftwich, early in the career. Byron Leftwich, dude. What a beast. Yeah. I think um, I still have his Jaguars uniform, bro. I, I bought a teal Jaguars Byron Leftwich jersey when I was, like, fucking 12. Oh, I don't know God. why. Uh, those, I mean, those jerseys were kind of sick. Wait, it was either him or it was the other. Who was the other guy they had? Jacksonville. Ooh. He's a black quarterback. I've heard his name, though. Is it like Aaron? Is it Garrard? Dave Garrard? Yep. Yeah, it? That's yeah. it? Now, it might have been him. It might have been him. Um, But, I mean, anything else? Anything else on the Fournette Tampa Bay situation that, that you don't think we touched on? Uh, honestly, don't expect much week one. If he pops off week one, I'd be stunned. Um, But – Fournette's kind of a value though, and like in redraft, definitely like fifth or six rounds. Like he could be a starting running back. So, bro, my buddy actually at work, he had his draft the day after the Fournette news came down, and nobody wanted to touch him. I don't even think ESPN came out with new rankings with with the uh, with the adjustment because he didn't even have a team yet because he didn't sign for a few days after he was unclaimed. But uh, he told me he got him in like I think it was like the late seventh. 
which is an absolute steal looking back on. I mean, I know he's going in what, like the fifth, sixth ish, but the late seventh for, you know, Tampa Bay's RB one. I mean, let's be honest, it's going to be their RB one. And there's a big difference between a guy like him and like Devonte Freeman. Uh, Leonard Fournette is 25 years old. Freeman's 28 and produced last year. Freeman has, you know, multiple seasons now. Well, this is his second season where he's not even going to be playing. So yeah, no, I wouldn't, it, again, Devontae Freeman, if you want him, I guess pick him up like last round. Like him. I heard that he actually talked to Jacksonville. Yeah, but no, he walked away with no deal. And I actually, I actually think the guy to have in that backfield is Chris Thompson. I'm still, I'm sticking with Lavisca Chenault as a wild card. That's fine. I just think Chris Thompson's going to. Remember when? No, I'm big on. Thompson remember when too. Washington was awful, but Jay Gruden just fed Thompson. Dude, he, he was, was like, the, he was that James White for Washington. He was the guy that was putting up 10 to 12 to 15 points every single week just because he was getting 10, 11 targets on dump offs. Yeah, no, I was listening to fantasy footballers, and one of their uh, fantasy MVPs was actually Chris Thompson. I was pumped. Ah, okay. I mean, it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. But more running back news, actually, out of the NFL, which was a very shocking move to me, at least. The Browns went ahead and signed Kareem Hunt to a two-year deal this past week, locking him into Cleveland until 2022. This move came, like I said, as a surprise to me, considering Chubb is a really freaking talented running back. And in Minnesota, uh, Kevin Stefanski, who's the OC with Cleveland now, he liked to feature just one big-time running back. He didn't have two. I mean, a lot of people like Alexander Madison – uh, who backs up Dalvin Cook, but he obviously didn't have a Chubb-Hunt combination, but he liked to use basically just one running back and really force-fed him the ball. So that's why I know Al, per se, like because a few episodes ago he talked about how much he loves Chubb. Uh, I was so on board with that because I thought Chubb was going to be that you know, that Dalvin Cook-type player for Stefanski, but signing Hunt to a two-year deal makes me scratch my head a little bit. I, I don't really know what to think about that. I was thinking maybe like a sign and trade type deal it might be easier to move him now that he, you know, is signed and locked up. It might be easy to move that guy. Uh, but what do you think? What do you think there? Uh, I just think it's a good strategy, to be honest, for Cleveland. Uh, they obviously realize that Kareem Hunt's a massive talent. And why would you not want to keep a massive talent for just such a, a cheap contract? It well, just, did you actually see the numbers behind it? Because I, I think I think it was two years, fourteen point two five million. If I'm not. I Wait, how how many years? I think it's two years. Two, okay. Fourteen point two five million. I'm 14. almost positive that's the exact number. But anyways, it's cheap. And why would you not keep a baller that came like you know he can ball? Like I'm shocked he even signed that. I, I'm not. Why? I, because look at the running back market right now. There's running backs sitting on sitting on their asses right now doing nothing. And I, honestly, he's he's had I a guess bad so, but he's like he's a top level back though. Yeah, but. Who's going to give him that shot? Jacksonville, bro. I mean, yeah, Jacksonville can definitely do it, but Washington. I it, mean, there's spots out there. Even New England, hell. But, but I think he realizes how much talent on the Browns team. They could be a playoff contender if everything works out. If Baker Mayfield's actually what he's supposed to be, yeah. they're supposed to be a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get it. Now, honestly, what what I took out of this was from a fantasy standpoint, Nick Chubb and. Also, Kareem Hunt, their buy window, the window for you to buy those guys is it's now wide open because chances are if you had Hunt, especially in a dynasty league, you were expecting this season to go by and then him to sign somewhere like Washington, somewhere like Jacksonville, New England, and for him to become an elite running back one again, that was going to be top 10 season in, season out. But now with Cleveland, you know, if if Chubb stays there and Hunt, it obviously hurts his value long term for dynasty you know, just thinking from the outside. So maybe the owner who had him is now disappointed and is like, fuck it, let me sell him and let me get some assets for him. 
And same with Chubb. A lot of people now, especially, you know, for 2020, think that Chubb's value took a big hit with Kareem Hunt signing, which I, I mean, I get that, you know, as a Chubb owner in a few leagues, I definitely understand why you would think that because why sign Hunt if you're not going to use him a decent amount. But if you want to buy Chubb, and I'm not saying it's the smartest move to buy him right now, but his value is not probably going to get any lower than it is now. It's uh, definitely dropped since draft day. Yeah, I think that Chubb's still going to be Chubb, and he's still going to produce, uh, you know, around 1,500 yards rushing. But, yeah, you got to be scared of what Kareem Hunt could bring to this offense, especially in the receiving uh, end of things. Um, and, obviously, if you want a guy that's going to be a top five back, you want him to catch the ball. So I'm interested in seeing what Stefanski brings there to Cleveland. But the thing is, I'm not really there to – like, I'm not here for, to buy Nick Chubb right now. I'd rather buy Hunt, to be honest, because – Hunt's a guy that, you know, you throw a guy like a second-round rookie pick. Uh, you know. See, I was going to ask, what would you – if you owned Hunt, if you were trying to get rid of him and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just signed with them, what would you accept? Because uh, he was going for a pretty early first in 2021. No, I, I was. I think his value was max mid-first, uh, but now it's going to a mid-second because you know he's going to be stuck behind Nick Chubb for the next two years. But Kareem Hunt's a guy that, you know – he really did well when he came off suspension. So very well. And I think that if they're signing to a two-year deal, they're going to use him in this offense a lot, especially on third downs. So if you think James White's a value, if you think Chris Thompson a value, Kareem Hunt is better than both of them, and he's going to get the same exact role. Yeah, I just don't know if you can say Hunt is a value there because you look at James White, you look at Chris Thompson. Those guys, especially Thompson's going for nothing. He's going off a waiver wire at. Uh, James White, I don't think anyone would give a second. I mean, maybe for a contending, you you give a second for him. But, I mean, Kareem Hunt still has that name value and still has that appeal to him. So, I don't know if he's a value at, at mid-second. I mean, I would definitely move a mid-second for him, but I don't think it's a insane value. But, you know it, I, mean? I, I mean, if they're signing to a two-year deal, I think it's going to be more of a 50-50 split, right? 50-50. Yeah. So are you out on Chubb then? Because I know he was a big guy for you. I'm not year. like completely out on Chubb because I think he's dangerous. Uh, you know, whenever he touches the ball, he's such a great runner, a great attitude, you know, just there to play strictly. But I, I don't know. I think he's still top 10. I had him at number six at the, you know, in the previous podcast. Obviously with this hunt news, I got to move him down. Knock him down a little, yeah. But the thing is, in my opinion, he's still a top 10 back. Like I, I, From I can't, a running back standpoint, yeah, yeah just a I, I can't, standpoint. I can't like take away the true talent that he has, but I don't know, man. They're giving this guy money. Like I didn't think they would do this. No, it shocked so me. It, 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 they, are they going to give him a big workload? Like, you know, what if Chubb gets hurt? Still, Kareem Hunt is going to be, you know, a massive oh, value. If Chubb goes down, Hunt is like the best possible handcuff. Even if you want to call him that, because if you think he's a fifty-fifty split, you, you, that's not a handcuff. That's a week in, week out guy that you play in your lineup. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of like the idea of a sign-and-trade, though. You know, because it is easy to move a guy when you know what he accepted. And if somebody thinks that Hunt was signed for value, which I definitely do because it was chump change, basically, if you want a guy for two – like, if, if I'm Washington and I don't have – I mean, I know Washington's in a bit of a rebuild, but if you don't have a running back, if you have Antonio Gibson or I think J.D. McKissick was listed as their number one guy, you know, you see a guy like Hunt that just signed for less than – what would you say? Two year, 14 mil. Yeah. Something like that. You know, you, you get a guy like that. You, you trade for him. You know how much you have to pay him for the next two seasons. You have him on lock as a running back one. Yeah, I know. But like the interesting thing is when Nick Chubb, you know, 
after the season, he enters that contract negotiations. Like, what's that going to be? Because he's going to get paid. He's putting out the stats. Are you going to pay Nick Chubb? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually just looked at it now. It's it's two years, 13.5 mil. So right, it's, it's about four. Yeah, it's close. about 14. Huh? But um, and and lastly, before we move on off this topic, I just want to just want to say, if you, I mean, obviously you probably don't own all of them, but if you have Jarvis, OBJ, Hunt, and Chubb, like just out of those four guys, they all had pretty decently. You expect big things out of all four of those guys. I hate to say it, but at least one of those guys are going to be a complete bust this season just because of volume. One of those guys, just like last year with the Rams, you saw how it was Cooks, Cup, and Woods. You know They, they were expected to all be top-end receiver two, low-end receiver one candidates. One of them was bound to flop. It was Cooks, like we've you know stated before. Out of those four guys, one of those guys are probably going to flop. I mean, you're also forgetting Austin Hooper, too. And David Njoku, because they run two tight end sets. Yeah, so like... There's only so many players I, in the field, man. Like, I think the only player I would trust, like completely trust, is probably OBJ. But how can you even say that after what it's he's just shown us? The man? dude is it's a like, straight up, like he's just a different breed. That's that's what it is. Like, I don't he does be, like getting shot. I don't. On, so, yeah. <laughs> he is definitely a different breed. Definitely the true number two wide receiver on the Browns. Ah, uh, fun. I saw it. Yo, I saw. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah. Like, no, it wasn't. It was some. It was some big name dude. And it was like it was like five p.m. Bro, that news broke at what, like eight nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was like five p.m. And this guy with a check mark next to his name tweets out. I guess OBJ is the number two wideout on his team. Like, dude, that that was joked about hours ago, bro. Like, catch up with it, man. Like, it was such a joke. He tweeted it out, and everybody responded. Like, somebody responded. It was like, yo, this morning called wants their joke back. Like, it's just – it was fucking funny. Yeah, but, like, you, you tend to agree on that, though. Like, if you had to pick one guy that you can absolutely trust to give you production, would it be OBJ? Like, just give me one. If if, if it's not OBJ, Further, I don't know. For, I mean, Jarvis, uh, I would you say think probably so? Landry from from an ADP standpoint, considering like I know, but like if you had to put all your money on one guy, like this guy is definitely going to produce this season. Like he's going to be. I'm gonna say Landry, man. Okay, you think he's gonna go right back because OBJ well receiver twelve. I mean, he's being drafted as like you know wide out like twenty eight. I know. I'm not like talking about a value standpoint. I'm talking about just like all right, like this guy. I know for a fact he's going to produce this year. Still Landry. Like, I'm not yeah, talking about value yeah, at all. just because he's been the model of consistency. And OBJ is a beast and is a better wideout than Landry. But, I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Baker likes Landry. And it showed. And he, they produced last year. So, if I got to pick one surefire guy, I'm going to pick him, most likely. Okay. Even though I think OBJ has way more boom potential. Yeah. Um, and But a lot more of a bust potential. But if you got to pick a, a steady, a constant – I'm gonna say Landry on on that end of things. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I totally get that. Yeah. So let's get ahead and, and jump right into the first game of this this wacky NFL season, which is the Texans at the Chiefs. Uh I again I can't believe we actually fucking made it. Uh it it didn't really seem like football was gonna happen. Uh, everybody was talking about like bubbles and uh, NFL can't have a bubble, so they're not going to be able to play like the NBA and NHL have been doing. But let's jump into it. You know, nonetheless, the season's happening. It kicks off tomorrow night. This time tomorrow, it's 8.55 on Wednesday night. This time tomorrow, we'll, we'll be watching competitive NFL football. Insane. I, I can't believe it. Uh, Schultz, do you have the line for the game, the over-under? All that I do, and, and I'll tell you what. I, I am so excited for this one. I think this might be the most excited I've ever been for an NFL season, just given how this year went. I mean – 2020 is going to go down as one of the worst years in history just to live through. 
It's fucking awful. Anyway, this game right here, I think it could be a potential AFC Championship matchup in January. Definitely could I be. Mean, I mean, it's two of the probably brightest future quarterbacks in, in the NFL yep. going up against each other. Um, of course, you have Lamar in the AFC as well. But as far as the game lines, uh, set at nine right now, the spread in favor of the Chiefs. Minus it, nine straight. Minus nine, okay. yep, in favor of the Chiefs. It did open up at ten and a half, so it moved a point and a half in about a week, week's time span, which is – I don't know why. I'm not too sure why. Um, the over under down. That's shocked too since yeah, Cooks is questionable right? now. But. And the over-under set at 54 and a half. And uh, money line, I'm not too sure if there's going to be any money line bets. Um, of course, if you want to throw a little something on the Texans just to make your money's worth it, they're plus <laughs> 330 right now as an underdog. I think I saw the Chiefs last line was minus 425 or something yeah. like that. If Cooks is fully ruled out before kickoff, I mean, I could see the line moving back to that 10 and a half. But you know, yeah, I would we'll wait on that. I would yeah. wait to bet on that before, or right before kickoff, once the injury report comes out and, and is solid. Right. So, yeah, right now, I mean, like I just said, only the only real notable name listed on the injury report from both teams is uh, Texans wideout Brandon Cooks. And if Cooks is out, out, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can see the a guy that we don't we don't like as as a player uh just because of how he's been you know the past couple seasons but i can see will fuller having a real solid game um and they expect randall cobb to have a sneaky role as well you know I, i'm i'm picking cobb over fuller there's no doubt in my mind you think cobb will score more points yeah you do 100 percent i think i think that's that insane. i think watson's gonna be under pressure a lot a lot this game he's gonna be running around a lot he's gonna find his most reliable receiver in randall cobb i think Randall Cobb's gonna be a massive value this year. Actually, um, he's kind of sneaky because you know Definitely. if Cooks doesn't play, like he's gonna be the guy that's running all the short and intermediate intermediate routes. Uh, you know, ten to fifteen yards. And uh, yeah, no, I, I just think Will Fuller's kind of a one show pony. He hasn't proved to me anything more than he could just run down the field and catch the ball ninety yards. I expect him, you know, to be taking deep shots throughout the game to Sean Watson, but. I don't know. I, I'm more confident in Cobb and honestly, your boy Kahale Warren. Kahale Warren, baby. I, I mean, I, I do, I do think they might use the tight end a little bit more. Uh, I did say Deshaun Watson is going to depend a little bit more on the tight end, just because with Hopkins gone, it just makes sense for him to look elsewhere because the wideouts aren't anything flashy. I mean, Will Fuller, like you said, he, he's a one-trick pony. He, he's not a guy who you expect to really produce for you week in week out. I mean, some people are high on him, but just if he, if he can't stay in the field of full 16, then, you know, what's the point? Um, but Randall Cobb had a sneaky season last year with uh, the Cowboys as well. Um, I don't have a stat lineup, but he did, he did pretty damn well. And uh, I think this week, like, I mean, I know you like him a lot, but um, he, he has some serious flex upside if cooks is ruled out. Uh, so, so yeah, um, I, I like both those guys. I know there was a, a bet that Al was looking into, and uh, Schultz was kind of nodding his head before the podcast when Al mentioned it, but it was Kahale Waring, my boy, that you know, tight end out of San Diego State. If he is to score two touchdowns, which I know is insane odds, but if he does score two touchdowns, it's ten bucks to win a thousand dollars. Ten to win a thousand. If you, it's ten bucks, bro. Like that, that's a you know, that's a coffee and a donut from fucking Dunkin' Donuts. You, you spend that on Kahale Waring. Two touchdowns, you win a thousand bucks, man. That's like a little mini vacation right there. Why not? You know, why not? No, listen, who are they going to throw to in the red zone? They have no size. I mean, Cobb and Fuller are both under six, six foot. So, yeah, I, I don't see 
anyone else taking away those targets besides Darren Fells? Darren, yeah, I mean, right now Kahale's listed as the third tight end in the depth chart, uh, like you were telling me before, Al. And, and I don't think that says much. Mike Gusecki right now is is listed as the tight end too, you know, for the Dolphins in the depth chart. So things are a little out of whack there. Uh, and and Kahale could come out. He could line up as, as a wideout as well. He's that athletic. So two touchdowns, yeah, I know it's way out of the realm of possibility. Hell, he might not even see the field. But 10 bucks to win 1000 why the fuck not? Yeah, no, I actually like the uh, Kahale Warren to score one TD um, and uh, pairing that with the Chiefs minus nine and a half. I think it was 10 bucks to win like 1200 Oh, I like that even more. Yeah, so it, it was a pretty good bet. Because so. I think the Chiefs minus nine, I mean, Schultz, I know Schultz probably going to touch on this when we're done speaking now, but Chiefs minus nine is pretty solid. I mean, I, I think the Chiefs should probably run away with this game, no? Yeah, no, I, I think that the Chiefs' defense is going to be overwhelming for Watson. Uh, but I do think that Watson puts up a good fantasy performance uh, on that end because he's going to be running a lot. And he's like going to be behind, so he's just going to be chucking the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, Will Fuller is dangerous. And it, it's just a guy – Will Fuller's type of guy that I just can't, like, trust at all. Like, I, he can get you two points or 50. This is a big season for him. Yeah, This no. is a huge season for him. This is, like, his last really hoorah with fantasy. Like, if he – comes out and he, you know, has a 65 point game and then he's out for the next 15 games. Like, I think people will finally say, you know what, F him man. like, I'm, I'm done with him. But if he's a guy that you have, you know, someone's injured, like I know Mike Evans came out and they said he just re-injured his hamstring that he was out for all season. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but if you got Wolf Ola on your bench, I mean, why not? It's first game of the season. Don't you like, don't you love having just fantasy implications oh, it's right amazing, away? Man. So, it's yeah, so amazing. Throw him in your throw him in your flex. He's a guy that, you know, take a flyer on. If you you know, if he hits, it gets you 50 points like he always does. You're winning that. Nah, week. Not always, not always. I know, Once but like, like eight weeks when we'll he hits, though. I'm saying like game. he doesn't give you a 15 point game. It's always 50. Yeah, it's always 50 or zero. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, I mean, this is all also, I, I just want to put it out. It's kind of hypothetical. If cooks is out, if cooks is playing, it's going to definitely change. You know, we just said like the past five minutes of rambling will change, but cooks is leaning towards being out uh, from what I've seen. I know he's listed as questionable, but, uh, and I wouldn't say he's doubtful, but he's leaning t- more towards going out than he is playing. Yeah, no, he hasn't practiced all week. Right. Uh, yeah, from what I saw, he hasn't practiced the last couple of practices. So we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see there. Uh, and, and I listed a few guys that I love and I hate, uh, you know, for this game specifically fantasy wise, um, like, like we kind of just touched on, I, I really do love Will Fuller and Cobb if cooks is out and then Darren Fells and Kahale Waring. I think that, uh, I think that, like I said, they are going to rely on the tight end and one of these guys is going to come out and he's going to produce in this game. So just for ADP alone and where you took these guys, even if you took these guys, Darren Fells and Kyle Warren should put up pretty decent numbers. Uh, and then from the Chiefs side of things, pretty obvious and, and chalky, you know, Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards. I think they'll all have pretty solid games. I just don't see how they can't really, you know, it's the freaking Chiefs, you know, for crying out loud. But quickly, you know, just guys that I, I kind of hate this week, uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, even if he plays, he's still battling a quad injury. Like we just said, he's going to be, he was out for multiple days now so you know even if he does decide to play it's still he's not going to be 100 percent. so i'm going to stay away from playing him even if last minute cooks is ruled healthy on the uh on the injury report um another guy i hate david johnson you know one i don't think he really has it anymore 
But the Chiefs have a real solid front seven, and frankly, just don't love how high his projections are for this game. And like we said before, if the Chiefs go up big and, you know, um, the Texans are just passing the ball, trying to get back in the game, I just don't think David Johnson's going to get the volume to to produce, you know, top-end running back numbers. No, yeah, I agree with all those pretty much. Yeah, a guy that a guy that I love uh, on the Chiefs this week, I actually think that McCall Hartman's going to have a good game, specifically because – I, th- I think that on the special team side of things, um, I think you can take one in the house. He's one of the best punt and kick returners in the game. Uh, and I think that special teams is going to be just the most disgusting part of football because they really haven't practiced. The guys that just made the practice squad uh, or barely made the team, like you know, they're the ones playing special teams. And it's just going to be sloppy. And a guy like McCall Hardman with the ball in his hands and punt return, kick return, I, I honestly, if I could bet that somehow, I'd love to see it. But on top of that, Travis Kelsey just hyperextended his knee this week. So I, I think that he's going to be, you know, they say he's a full go and practice and all that stuff, and he's going to be a part of the game. But I don't think they're going to rely on, on him too much. And I just see, you know, someone on the Chiefs is going to catch a long bomb. Obviously, they're going to put everybody on Tyreek Hill. And I think McCole Harmon's going to surprise a lot of people. So yeah, that's sneaky. One. That's sneaky. Me, me and Al actually just had a, a 10-man draft. Uh, it's, it's Al's dad's league. Um, you know, it's just, just a for fun type thing. It is a $50 buy-in uh, winner. It gets all. So whoever wins that league is getting a pretty nice payday for only being a $50 pay-in. But some guy, I think he's Al's neighbor, took uh, McCole Hardman as his number one wideout over guys like Juju, OBJ, DJ Moore. Insane. Insane. Yeah, yeah. and it was in the fourth round, and I was like, why? Why? Like, are you thinking of Tyree Hill right now? He's like, oh, no, I just watched Watch highlights. Film. Yeah. I was like, I would just watch some film, watch his highlights before I came here. I'm like, he had 26 catches last year. What did you watch? Like his 26 catches. That was yeah, it. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like I know he had six touchdowns, and I think that he's going to have a positive, you know, regression here. Um, but I always, I always thought that was like kind of an oxymoron, positive regression. Yeah, that? and I felt weird talking, like just saying yeah, that. That's it what people weird. say. It really doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't you just say progression at that point? I, I don't know. I. I just said positive regression, to be honest. That's what people I, say, yeah, though. People and people say. get mad when you fix them on it. They're like, no, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. I'm like, uh, okay, it don't make sense. I but... legitimately was thinking, what am I saying as soon as I said positive regression? Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> how fantasy – that's the terminology people use. So got to stick to something, right? But, um, but yeah, man, so this this game, it's going to be a good game. I'm really excited. Uh, and Get some wings, get some pizza, get some beer, and uh, sit down and really enjoy just a good game. Like Schultz said before – Two young, uh, two young up and co- well, not up and coming quarterbacks, but two young QBs that yeah, have came and won't be going for a long time. You know, they're going to be around for the long haul. It's going to be that Big Ben, Eli Manning, you know, type QB who's going to be at the helm for their teams for quite a while. Schultz, do you have anything to add with with uh, this game from a betting standpoint? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm going to stay away from the money line here. Uh, I'm probably ten thousand percent positive the Chiefs pull this one out. Um, but I honestly do You're probably 10,000% positive. <laughs> yep. Probably 10,000%, maybe 999. I don't know. But uh, honestly, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer than everyone thinks. I, I really feel like Bill O'Brien's going to come up with a crazy game plan. I think it's going to throw the chiefs off guard a little bit. That's shocking. And I, I could, I could see a, a shootout here. I, I think it's going to nail the over. I mean, you can't help but root for future hall of famer, Pat Mahomes, to throw five touchdowns in opening night. Was that an Anita Marsh shout-out? No, that's uh, that Gol- Golick Jr. Is he? Yeah, it is. Golick it Jr. Is, man. Yep. ESPN Radio. Shout-out Golick Jr., man. Um, just in case he's listening. You, just know, in case, you never know. You never know. Shout-out to you. 
But yeah, dude, I, I honestly think the Texans keep this one close. I feel like their offense is gonna have a day. I mean, if Brandon Cooks is out, it might be a little different story. But if he plays, if he doesn't play, you're forgetting about Kenny Stills. He's gonna be on the other side of Will Fuller, and you never know. I feel like that dude could have an immediate impact, like randomly. I feel like he could just randomly catch a couple balls. Will Fuller, deep threat, boom, stills in the post. He's got great speed. Yeah, he does. Now he's another he's another wideout, just like uh, just like Cooks and Fuller, man. He's a deep threat, and uh, you know he could have a good game. He could have a solid, quiet. You know, I don't know about for, for fantasy, you know, per se, but if you expect a shootout, he's probably going to put up points. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think the over slams in this game. Uh, don't don't doubt Bill O'Brien's offense. This is a guy at Penn State made Christian Hackenberg look like a first first overall pick. He also gave away Hopkins. He also and took in that awful David Johnson contract. Yeah, no, no, he's an idiot of a GM, but the dude always has a high powered offense, and I think Deshaun Watson's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to make something out of nothing, uh, something that I've been waiting for with Darnold for a while. <laughs> oh, sh- I keep hoping, man. No, no, well, I don't know, but wait, Shul, didn't you say? I, I know you told me like last week. It's some kind of DraftKings um, like promo they got going on. Something about like a free fifty bucks. Yeah, DraftKings right now. I mean, it started sometime last week. It, I'm almost positive it's it's eligible up until game time. So they got a promotion going right now. Um, Kansas City Chiefs point spread plus one hundred one, and you could do a max bet of fifty bucks. But I mean, plus one hundred and one. That's just a, a free forty five bucks if you throw the fifty on there. And it's not only for first time users either. Anyone who has DraftKings right now, whether you used it for a day, whether you haven't used it before, whether you've been using it for years, it's plus 101 points for the Kansas City Chiefs. For the money line? It's the spread. They're getting 101 points. Oh, that's it. Okay. So they're plus – I thought you were saying the money line was plus one. Oh, my God. Plus 101 points. It's a no-brainer. I mean, you got 50 bucks to throw around. So It's it's a guaranteed 45 extra dollars in your pocket. So the only way you lose is if the Texans win by 102 points. Correct. And if you get a 101-point loss. Yeah, okay. Then then you'll push. But, I mean, come on now. All right, yeah. Free free 50 bucks. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. But, anyway, like I said, I'm going to hammer the over in this game, over 54.5. Spreads are always rough week one, but I really do think that the Texans keep it close. I I know Ann Traff's listening very closely, and, you know, even even he thinks it's going to be a closer game than everyone thinks. But I think it's going to be a shootout going into the fourth. I would say final score, Chiefs 35, Texans 27. I like that. I like that score. I think the Chiefs win by a little bit more just because I think they have a lot more firepower right now than uh, the Texans do. And I think the Chiefs might hold them to less points. I'm not as confident with the over as you seem to be, but, you know, I'm not the betting guy. And I just lost uh, a Navy minus one bet because they lost by 52 points. So I'm going to listen to Schultz over me on that one. So for this next segment, as we uh, as we approach week one, as we approach the first week of NFL games for fantasy, we wanted to do some starts and sits. So Schultz going to go ahead and start listing them off for me and Al. We're kind of going to do this rapid fire. Not going to go too deep into why we pick somebody. We will give you a brief explanation. But uh, Schultz, go ahead and start giving us the first start sit. All right. So first one we got here, Kenyon Drake at San Fran or Gallup at the Rams' brand-new state-of-the-art stadium. Kenyon Drake at San Francisco or Michael Gallup at the Rams? 
So uh, immediately you would say Kenyon Drake, but he's at San Francisco playing probably the one of the top two defenses in football. Or Michael Gallup against the Rams, man. This is a this is going to be kind of ballsy here, but I'm going to go with Gallup against the Rams here. I think Jalen Ramsey's going to be on Amari Cooper for the most part, and I think Gallup is going to sit there and just consume a decent amount of targets. And I just it's basically I just don't love Drake against San Francisco. So I'm going to say start Gallup, sit Drake. What do you say, Al? Yeah, no, I'm actually going to agree with that one, especially since Drake's been injured for like this whole entire camp pretty much. Uh, I think a report just came out a few minutes ago that he was not on the injury list today. So that's good news for Drake owners. But I'm sticking with Gallup here. Uh, I agree with you. Jalen Ramsey's on the lockdown Cooper, which kind of sucks for me in dynasty purposes. But honestly, Michael Gallup's a very good receiver, had 1,000 yards last year, and I, I trust him. And I think that this Cowboys offense had to come out slinging. Yeah, I can see Gallup putting up a solid 15, 16 points, whereas I see Drake maybe battling to put up like 11. Yeah, honestly. no, it's going to be tough. Uh, most of Drake's points are going to come from uh, out of backfield catching passes. Uh, passes. Yeah, he's not going to be able to run on San Fran, man. But all right, so yeah, start Gallup, sit Drake. Schultz, give me the next one. Next up, we got Big Lev Bell at Buffalo. Or Deontay at the New York Giants. What do you think? Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson, that is. So Deontay Johnson playing the Giants at an empty MetLife or Le'Veon Bell playing at Buffalo. That's tough, man. And I'm a big Bell guy, but he's playing at Buffalo. I do think I do think Big Ben's going to sling it all over the Giants. Oh, man, that's tough. I, I, I don't love starting Bell but I do think he has a little more upside than Deontay or probably just a safer floor than Deontay. I'm going to say start Bell, sit Deontay, but it's kind of close. No, I think that uh, the Jets are going to use Bell in a brand new way that you haven't seen. Well, you have seen it. It's been uh, going on in Pittsburgh, but I don't know why they didn't do it last year. So they're going to use Bell, right? I'm going Bell as well. Um, I think Deontay as well. Yeah. Deontay Johnson's kind of, you know, he has a, I guess a higher ceiling because he could pop off, but I just don't know. Safer floor Bell has definitely, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I also just don't know who Big Ben is going to throw to right now. You haven't seen him throw in over a year. Um, but if he's going to do anything, I had to bet on anything. He's going to throw to Juju. And uh, don't sleep on Eric Ebron. I think he's, he's going to have a big game as well. Okay. All right, that's fair. Give me the next one, Schultz. Next up, we got Stefan Diggs against the Jets or Will Fuller, your guy. That's At KC. That is not my guy. Let's, Will Fuller. Let's end that now. Will Fuller's not my guy. But if Cooks is out, I think he can have a better game at, at Kansas City than I think Diggs will at the Jets. So if Cooks is out, I think I'm going to go Fuller. Uh, this is the first one I disagree on. I think Diggs is going to burn the Jets like really bad. <laughs> so That's fair. Yeah, I like both I, these guys. Yeah, week. I do. I would start either of them, but I'm going to stick with Diggs here just because of the talent perspective. And also, I, I actually don't know who the Jets' corners are. Like, I actually have no idea. They lost Jamal Adams. They don't have C.J. Mosley. I don't know how that pass rush is going to do against Josh Allen since he's so mobile. Uh, I'm going to stick with Diggs here uh, simply based on I think he can, you know, give you that more consistent, you know, 15, 20 points. And honestly, Will Fuller can give you five. Okay, cool. So so Al says start Diggs. I say start Will Fuller. Both these guys, we like them both. But cool. Schultz, the next one. All right, for these next two, shout-out Tails Never Fails. Uh, first up, we got Big Mike Gusecki, Southern Regional alumni at New <laughs> England, or Blake Jarwin in Los Angeles. This one's tough um, because Gusecki did have a game, like I said in the last pod, against New England. 
Um, it just, the thing is, I think with Jalen Ramsey covering Amari Cooper like very heavily, I think they're going to look elsewhere. So I think that Blake Jarwin could actually have a you know a pretty decent game. You know, he did have you know that big game against the Giants last year, um, three touchdowns. I think he scored. So I think he takes that momentum into the season uh, game one. He's honestly, honestly a pretty good sleeper at tight end if you want to take him late in drafts. Yeah, no, Blake Jarwin and taking over Gusecki, it sucks because I like Gusecki's a player and I think he's having a very good year. I just think at New England, just a tough matchup no matter what. Yeah, I think in New England's always tough. I don't know what the fan situation is. I don't know if they're having any fans at all. Um, but I think I like the upside more for Gusecki, but I think that Jarwin, again, has a safer floor. Um, I'm going to go with Gasecki just because uh, I think that with the opt-outs with New England and just, you know, having to worry about Devontae Parker, having to worry about Preston Williams, I think that Gasecki's going to get open downfield and will probably have a touchdown in that game. Like you said, the last five games of the season uh, last year, he had the most red zone targets of any tight end. So I'm going to go ahead and say Gasecki has more upside and probably has a pretty safe floor. Um, give me Gasecki over Blake Charman. Next up, we got a three-way coming. <laughs> Got a three-way coming. <laughs> Christian Kirk at San Fran, Jarvis at Baltimore, or Philip Lindsay versus Tennessee. Yeah, this is this is a good one too, man. Because immediately, just name value alone, you're saying why is Philip Lindsay even in this conversation? But Jarvis playing Baltimore is tough. Christian Kirk playing San Francisco is probably even more tough. Lindsay against Tennessee, I don't hate that matchup. What are you thinking, Al? Which one are you starting out of these three? Oh, man. Like, this is like a just – I don't like any of these, like, whatsoever. Um, obviously, you got Odell and all those weapons in front of Jarvis. And Cleveland, Kirk, they just – you know, they just picked up DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> uh, and Phil Lindsay's got Melvin Gordon in front of him. So, uh, I'm just going to go with the safest option here because – just based on what he's done before. I'm going to say Jarvis at Baltimore. Yep, I'm with you on this. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's Ugly just, matchups all around. Yeah, I don't like any of them, but if I had to pick one, it had to be Jarvis. Um, you know, he knows he's going to catch balls. You know, he's going to be targeted. You know he's going to be looked at. That's the thing. Like, yeah. If he gets started eight times, he's or, you know, eight, nine times, he's going to put up probably about 10 fantasy points. So, out of your flex guy, out of those guys this week, 10 points is pretty good, you know, for that. So, I'm going to say Landry on that, too. Shaw, give me the next one. This one, we got the uh, the tallest player in the league, Tariq Cohen, at Detroit, or James White against Miami. Oh, this I like both guys. I really do. And they're both very similar, uh, both pass-catching guys out of the backfield. I'm going to say with Damian Harris out, I'm probably going to lean James White here against Miami. Um, I do think Miami has a very good secondary. They have two really good cornerbacks in Byron Jones and Howard. So I'm going to say that Cam is going to rely on the guy out of the backfield and possibly, you know, a tight end um, there. So I'm going to say James White is going to put up pretty solid points out of the backfield, out of the passing game. And Cohen will too, but just a little bit less than White. I think James White's going to have a solid week, like a 14 to 16 point week. Yeah, the the reason why I'm taking James White as well is because I can also just see James White getting more carries than Tariq Cohen. Um, with the whole entire New England backfield and just absolute shambles. James White's always been consistent. He's gonna give you he's gonna be a guy that's gonna give you twelve to fifteen points no matter what, even if he doesn't even touch the ball uh rushing wise. I'm sticking with James White here, uh, especially against Miami. I just don't know how the defense is gonna be. But also, I mean, don't expect, you know, an easy game from uh Brian Flores' team. I think Miami 
could you know do some work and do yeah. some damage against New England. They have a bunch of unknown players playing, a lot of people opting out. So yeah, no, I'm just gonna stick with James White anyway, just a safer pick here, and uh, that's pretty much it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Schultz, want to give us how many more we got? We got two, three. Yeah, we got two more. Two more, a potential third. We'll see. Uh, okay, all right, cool. Hit me. Next up, the moment of truth. Big Ben at the Giants or Kyler at San Fran? Boys, you going with? Okay, Big Jaws theme song coming in there. Uh, Big Ben against the Giants, against my awesome, amazing, going to finish top the NFC East Giants. No, I'm totally kidding. But Or Kyler Murray against San Francisco. I'm going Big Ben, dude. I think he's going to, like I said, he's going to sling the ball over the Giants secondary. Apparently the Giants defense has looked, actually they apparently look good. But uh, that secondary is all beat up, man. They they just released DeAndre Baker. I mean, not that he was going to play anyway, but I'm going to take Big Ben. I think he's got awesome upside. And basically that's just because I hate Kyler Murray's matchup against San Francisco. Give me Big Ben. Yeah, I'm going to agree on this one as well. Uh, I couldn't even name you a Giants corner right now. But – James Bradbury. Yeah, I, I know Still. they just picked him up. But, like, the thing is, is like, I don't know, Big Ben – it's always been consistently good. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray, he's coming up, coming to his second year, going at the first game against I San still Fran. expect big things, but this week yeah, is not the week. It's just – and you also, like, there was, like, barely in a practice time. I'm going to take the veteran that's been in the league forever. It was one, one Super Bowls, <laughs> everything. And, you know, he's got a whole boatload of weapons, like I said before. Uh, give me Big Ben on this one. Yep, I agree. Schultz, next one. Next up, we got future MVP, Danny Jones. Oh, baby. Against the Steelers or – Baker at Baltimore. This is a tough one. This is a really tough one. Danny Dimes against the best defense in football in Pittsburgh. Home, not that it really matters too much. Or Baker Mayfield against Baltimore at Baltimore. Again, I don't know their fan situation if they're having any at all. Oh, God, I, I'm going to avoid both these guys. I'm probably going to pick up a guy off the waivers if possible because I bet you somebody has a better matchup than those two guys. Unless you're in a real deep league and you have to play one of them. I'm going to say out of these two guys, I'm going to start Mayfield uh, just because of the weapons and the talent he has around him. And I just that Daniel Jones and that offense apparently just have not looked good at all in camp. And they do not get any breaks week one playing the best defense in football. Give me Mayfield at Baltimore, but I don't feel good about it. Uh, I, this is probably the most disgusting you know, comparison right now. Like, I don't know who I want to take, but just to have fun, I'm going to say I'm going to take Daniel Jones. Wow. I, I know this is nuts, uh, but I actually expect Daniel Jones to have a big year this year. Uh, I think he's going to come out flying uh, and very improved offensive line coming out. You got a healthy Barkley, uh, healthy Evan Ingram, who I think is going to have a big year as well. Yep. So, yeah, man, I, I just think that Daniel Jones is going to surprise people. This game's going to be a lot closer than people think. I know Pittsburgh probably has the best defense of the league right now. Easy. Uh, I, I just don't like the fact that uh, Baltimore <laughs> is going to run the clock a lot. They're going to be running the ball all day. I just think that Mayfield's going to have less opportunity to hold on to the ball rather than uh, Pittsburgh is going to be throwing the ball a lot, I think, in my opinion. so. And also, the, the both teams are going to be behind. We can both agree on that. Yeah. So, Daniel Jones, I'm just going to take him. I think he's going to do well this year. I just trust him more than Mayfield, so I'm going to take that. Now, although I disagree with you on this, if Daniel Jones comes out and has a, you know, a 300-yard passing game and like two touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles against Pittsburgh in Week One, 
the best defense in football, the Daniel Jones hype train is going to be absolutely fucking taking off. He, yeah, I mean, said, if that nice. happens, come on now. Like he, he is going to be, that means he's legit if he goes out and he does this. Yeah, no, Daniel Jones is definitely uh, one of my sleeper guys. I know one of my our friends out there, uh, DeGroat, is obsessed with him, been taking him redraft like in every single league for, you know, just Giants fandom. Yeah. But I, the thing is, is like, dude, he, he can do it. Like He's got the keys. It's, you know, it's a brand new offense. So it's a little bit, you know, harder to scout Daniel Jones since he's got one year and it's an offense you just no one has seen before. Um, but yeah, I expect a you know a Jason Garrett offense to be you know very safe, very quarterback friendly. Uh, give the running back the ball a lot. But then again, he's going to strike in the red zone. That I mean, Dak put up you know four straight QB one seasons. So you got to believe in Daniel Jones to produce here. Yeah, and Daniel Jones does offer some rushing ability as well. I don't know how many holes are going to be open for him against Pittsburgh, but you know if all else fails, the dude can move with the football. We saw it against Tampa Bay in his coming out party last season. So. Yeah, I, I I don't hate it. I'm still gonna go Mayfield at Baltimore just because he has OBJ, Landry, Najoku, uh, all these guys to toss the football to. But um, Daniel Jones, tough matchup, tough tough matchup. But he do, if he does come out and do what you're saying he can do, oh my god, dude, I, I'm just gonna be. I'll go to sleep happy. I will definitely go to sleep happy. Yep. Um, before Schultz lists this next one out, this was a little bonus one that I tossed in there just because I want to see how you feel about it because I think this is uh. And I, I don't think it's an easy answer by any means, and it might actually require some thought. So, Shulk, go ahead and uh, and list this next one for me, the last start sit of the night. Last one. Al, who are you taking, Chubb or Kareem Hunt at Baltimore? Straight up, Chubb or Hunt, both obviously same team, you know, whatever. Hunt just signed this deal. Both of them at Baltimore. Al, what do you, what do you think here? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's hard man. way to lay lay this one on me. It's, it's hard, man. And the, uh, to, it, what makes it more difficult is that you got Stefanski there now. So it's an offense that you just haven't seen. But I mean, you saw it in, in uh, Minnesota. But there you go. You saw it in Minnesota. You saw what Dalvin Cook did last year. So I'm going to go Nick Chubb and I'm going to do that pretty confidently. Because I think that Nick Chubb can give you more than what Hunt can give you. Because Nick Chubb's going to be the guy coming out there, giving you the, all the you know the first two downs at the very least. If he gets taken off on third downs, I know that's a really big deal. But when it comes to the red zone, it's Nick Chubb. When it comes to you know I need this one or two yards for the first down, it's going to be Nick Chubb. It. I think that they could both running backs could be on the field at the same time. I think they're going to use that a lot. But I don't know. I'm going to go here with the starting running back the number one guy in the depth chart, Nick Chubb. Yeah, I like that. I, I definitely think that's fair. I think that, I mean, so last season when Hunt came back, and I know it's a new offense and whatever, but I think the roles will just about stay the same like we anticipate. But Chubb was kind of a boomer bust player once, once Hunt came back last season. Hunt was averaging 14 points a week, mostly because of his receptions out of the backfield when he came back. But Chubb was a boomer bust guy. Week 13, he had eight points. 14, he had 13. 15, he had 24 and then week 16 and 17, he had 4.5 and then 5.2. So I think Hunt probably has the safest floor. But, yeah, I, I think I'm going to say Chubb just because it's Nick freaking Chubb, man. I, I think that Chubb is going to get the looks in the red zone. He's going to be able to pound the rock in. Um, I, I think you got to go with Chubb, but I wouldn't blame anybody for putting in Hunt over Chubb at this point. I really wouldn't. I don't know what to make of that two-year deal. But uh, I guess we'll see, man. I guess we'll see on Sunday, right? Yeah, no, it's tough. Uh, tough pick. Definitely don't want to be an owner of each one. 
Uh, but definitely, aren't you a Chubb owner in my dad's league? Yeah, I just took him. I mean, I got him on absolute value. I got it. It was a 10 man league. I had the number two overall pick, and I got, I was able to get Saquon at two, Nick Chubb on the come around, and then Kenyon Drake fell all the way to the second pick in the third. So I got a pretty solid running back trio there. Uh, and then I was able to get Melvin Gordon late too, who I know I don't like, but his value, dude, I got him in like the seventh. Like it, the value that league was just full of bums, dude. <laughs> we we're just gonna like, destroy everybody. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah, I de- yeah, I like my team in that league. I hated the, the news when it came out about Han and I. I actually offered two guys, uh, Melvin Gordon and Chubb, for I think I offered to Zeke for Zeke, and then I offered one for Dalvin. Okay, I mean, which that's... isn't even bad because those two guys that one had David Johnson as their RB two, and the other one had like James White as their RB two. So I was offering them Melvin, who has solid RB two upside. And Chubb, who's still Nick Chubb, for one of their their top guy. So it wasn't awful. They got they both got denied just because Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook are absolute studs. But it is what it is. It I is love that is. though. Throwing out trades early. Yeah, I mean, I had to, you know. Yeah. And hopefully, they didn't see the the hunt news right away, and they thought Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. So I was hoping, but they both got denied. It is what it is. But if you want Nick Chubb, he's yeah, kind of yeah, give open. me Nick Chubb, Chris Carson. Yeah, no, not that. <laughs> Actually, that's not even that terrible. I bet a lot of people would take Carson over him. All right, so back to seemingly everybody's favorite segment. Uh, I got a lot of positive reviews from this segment last week, and that is the Dynasty and Redraft trade scenario, fantasy football trade segment where uh, Pete and Schultz decide to give us trades. Uh, this week we have one dynasty and one redraft trade, uh, and they're going to list them off for us and me and Al on the spot. We don't know what they're going to say, and they basically give you our uh, interpretation of which side wins and which side loses. So, Pete, go ahead and list me a, uh, a trade, and list what it is, dynasty or uh, redraft. Uh, all right, so this is a redraft trade. Um, so you're trading Austin Eckler for Juju Smith-Schuster, Austin Hooper and Devin Singletary. All right, hold on, hold on one sec. Hit me with it again. Austin Eckler for Juju, Austin Hooper, and Devin Singletary. Uh, oof, I feel like you gotta go Juju Singletary Hooper. No, I mean Eckler's probably ha- has the most, definitely has the most value there. First, you're getting a potential number one wideout in Juju, a decent RB two with Singletary. I don't love him this year. And then who actually, I don't know. I don't know, Al. What, what are you thinking here? I don't really – this is like a tough one because Austin Eckler had 132 attempts for 557 yards and three rushing touchdowns, which really isn't impressive rushing stats like whatsoever. Um, I know you have Melvin Gordon takeaway stats from him, but Joshua Kelly is going to be – you know, run the ball pretty uh, pretty well amount. Oh, this is tough. It's just tough because I don't know what my team looks like when I'm making this trade. But See, that's the big thing, too. Yeah. Like we don't have uh, a team, per se, that we know we're – because if we have holes at – like if we have a really bad tight end a real and a really bad wideout core and we have running back depth, like if you went running back, running back, running back, and you got maybe Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, um, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, no. It, the thing is, is, like this is a good trade if you're weak in those spots, like you just said. Uh, so just based on value, I think that you're getting a lot on one side with Juju, Singletary, and Hooper. So I'm going to go with that side um, just because I don't believe in Austin Eckler's rushing game just yet. And I don't know how Tyrod Taylor is going to use him. Phil Rivers fed him the ball a bunch. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very curious to see how Eckler's used. But 
not curious enough to hold on to him for this package. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Austin Eckler. I think I I, I do like Juju. I but Singletary I hate. I don't think Hooper's gonna finish as a tight end one. And like we said last podcast, we like to kind of not sleep on tight ends, but we like to take late tight end guys. And this Austin Hooper, I mean. I don't know. If you listen to how we like to draft, you already took two guys that probably have more upside this season than Hooper. Uh, Devin Singletary, I really don't see anything from him. I think Zach Moss is going to take, you know, those goal line touches away and a lot of what Singletary likes to do. I think that Zach Moss is just a better running back. So I don't think you're going to expect much from Singletary. And then just Austin Eckler over Juju. That's obvious with value there. I'm going to take Austin Eckler because running backs are so hard to come come by. And this guy, even though he didn't rush the ball well last season, he still finished running back, what, four in PPR leagues? He did. He did. But it's just like the whole offense changes with Phil Rivers going away. Tyrod likes to check down the ball, too. I, I totally agree. And uh, I could see. And even if Justin Herbert takes over, he's going to like to, you know, use the tight end, which is big on Hunter Henry, and the running back out of the backfield. And Mike Williams is hurt as well. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm just going to take the value over here. Um, still sticking That's fair. my gun. That's definitely fair. All right, Schult. Uh, I think Schult has a dynasty trade now that he's going to get into. So, Schult, go ahead and list that for us. All right, here we go. We got the uh, the dynasty trade that I actually came up with a couple minutes ago. Um, nothing really, like preparation, yeah, baby. Right? No prep. Nothing's kind of thought about at the top of my head. I really don't know what I would do. So, uh, your team, you have you have Kyler, CMC, and you're giving away a uh, 2021 second. And in return, you're getting Pat Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, and a 2021 first. So Kyler Murray, CMC, a 21 second for Pat Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, and a 2021 one. Now, let just for shits and giggles, let's say this is super flex. Let's say that the QB is more valuable than usual. And let's say this is a six-point passing touchdown trade or league. Okay, so you have Pat Mahomes. Let's break it down just like we did last week. Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, love them both. Mahomes, obvious win there. No question. Like, not by far, obvious win. CMC, JT. Right now, obviously, CMC is a much big, bigger win than JT because JT, at his at his absolute maximum, you expect him to be what CMC was last year. At his absolute max value. So CMC is way over JT, you know, but you can't expect JT to be a top five guy at some point probably. And then you have the 2021 second against the 2021 first. Obviously, the first is more value. Uh, it probably helped to know where those second and first lie. But for Superflex, in a six-point passing touchdown league, oh, don't love it because I'm taking a big down for, for now at running back. But if I'm rebuilding, I'm absolutely taking the Mahomes JT in the 21-1. Easy. I think that even if you're not rebuilding, you should take the Mahomes side. I, I just think that, especially in Superflex, got Mahomes just signed like a $400 million contract. He's going to be the best quarterback in the league for a long time. Uh, then you're getting JT, who is essentially the 2020 1.01. Well, not in, in Superflex, but still, right, yeah, nonetheless, yeah. like All number right. one running All back. Right, so the first running back selected, uh, unless you like Clyde more because of the situation. And then you're also getting a 21-1, which – honestly is awesome. And I just think that the gap between Kyler and Mahomes is so massive and just will never be on the, they'll just, they'll never be on the same level. And then CMC and JT, JT can get on CMC's level. And plus not to mention running backs have such, such a short shelf life and QBs don't Mahomes is going to be like, I'll just said the number one QB in the league for probably the next 10 years. And that's not even being 
that's not even being insane. Like I really do believe that. And Kyler Murray might crack that top five and be a consistent top five guy. But in the six point super flex league, Mahomes and Kyler don't. Kyler doesn't even hold a candle to Mahomes. JT and CMC. CMC has what? Maybe two seasons of this max value left. Maybe. Uh, I mean, with that body type and the way that he gets hit. It also just. I can't even name you a running back that's posted back-to-back RB1 seasons. Yeah, I can't row. either. I so can't either. It, it's not that I don't hate – like I, I don't hate Chris McCaffrey. He's awesome. He's a guaranteed you know, top three back next year in fantasy and probably for the next two years as well. Uh, I'm just curious to see how this – again, a new offense, Joe Brady, the offense coordinator here. Um, yeah, let's see how like, where he goes with that. But, again, JT is behind the best offensive line in the league. And JT is one of the one of those guys that had an unbelievable combine. One of the one of the best college football players of all time, posting six thousand yards, uh, over fifty touchdowns, just crazy stats. This dude's gonna produce. He, he can get on CMC's level. He could be a top three back in the league. So yeah, uh, either way, I'm taking the side. Rebuilding, not rebuilding. Give me the Mahomes side. Cool, cool. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, so for our last segment today, like every episode, every single week, Schultz bets at SBets9 on Twitter. Check him out. Schultz, get into it. All right, so just got – thanks for the intro, Zach. Just going to go back to uh, last week's recap, uh, the locks of the week. Um, went one and two. Um, you know, I'll take out the blame with Zach on that Navy game, but just wanted to revisit that, man. You know, I, I honestly couldn't believe that that game was happening, and I had no idea that Navy has not practiced full contact the entire year. Until they said it on the broadcast. Isn't that you know, unbelievable? If man? I had knew that or if maybe there was some sort of report, which maybe there was, you know, I, I probably would have leaned BYU. But no, definitely not because Vegas then wouldn't have them at minus one if that was yeah, a no That's player. also true. You know, I mean, I definitely understand the safety procedures, you know, given the state that our country's currently in. But but you think these kids that they, you know, it's their first game back. Like they've been practicing for what, seven, eight months, and they're ready to fucking go. They just want to hit someone and they can't relate back to their fundamentals and wrap up. Come on now. But uh, anyway, BYU rushed for 301 yards as a team, and three different running backs found the end zone. And Navy, the triple option Navy team, they put up 119 rushing yards, and they're a triple option offense. Guess how many passing yards they had? How many? 30. That's so bad. 30. But they couldn't figure out their quarterback situation either. They were 2 for 12 from third down all game. It was just a shit game to watch, and – you know, we'll, we'll move on. But the Thunder covered. They covered uh, that game seven spread against the Rockets. Um, you know, I wish they would have won that series. But to be honest, the Thunder Lakers Western Conference semifinals would probably be somewhat heinous. You know, I don't think that would get as many views as the Rockets and Lakers are getting right now. But um, stars over did not hit for once. I mean, I was almost convinced that, you know, five overs between the Avs and the Stars those last five games, I thought it was going to hit that game six, but it didn't. And, uh, you know, the Stars, they've actually gotten under in their last three games. That that uh, that game six they had against the Avs, uh, the first two of this series uh, went under against the Knights. So, I mean, if you're uh, still sticking with those hockey picks, you know, I'd, I'd look closely at the Stars and, and the under for those future games. So let's get back into the locks of the week. And, of course, you know, celebrating week one, football is back. Getting back to all football picks, we got uh, two locks of the week for the NFL, and then we got one college, and then I'm going to get into uh, every single pick for the NFL 
week one predictions. Wow. So how about go. that? Every single game. Let's get it. I love it. All right. Lock of the week. I'm going with Seahawks minus one and a half against Atlanta. So, honestly, Atlanta's secondary right now, they're extremely weak. They just lost Trufant. Russell Wilson is going to take over his playmaking ability. He's going to make a fool out of that secondary. Um, it'll definitely be a good, fun game to watch. I think both offenses are going to be explosive. I love the line that Vegas is giving us at minus one and a half. I've even seen it at minus one at some spots. So, honestly, I'd, I'd hammer the Seahawks. I think they take this game with ease. I could see them winning like 31 to 20. Next up. We got the Sunday night game this this week. Cowboys Rams. I'm a I'm huge on the Cowboys this year. I personally think they can make it to the Super Bowl and win the NFC. I really am. I think Dak is going to come out week one and say, "Why the fuck did I not get that contract extension?" I think they just have so many offensive weapons, and they their defense is good as well. I mean, they're just an overall really solid team. I could see a two score victory in favor of the boys. I really can. Next up, we got Clemson. Versus Wake Forest on Saturday, 7 p.m. The line right now is at 33 in favor of Clemson. So it's Clemson minus 33. And honestly, I really don't have much to back this game up. But two words, Trevor Lawrence. Here we go. Week one NFL picks starting. uh, Obviously, I I gave you guys my uh, Chiefs-Texans prediction earlier in the pod. I I really like the Texans plus nine right now. I think it's going to be a shootout, like I said. It's going to go into the fourth quarter, high-scoring game, over's going to hit. I think the Chiefs win by seven, maybe eight points with a two-point conversion somewhere in there. I don't know, but I'm going Texans plus nine. Getting into the the rest of the the Sunday picks, Ravens versus Browns. I I take the Ravens minus six here. I I think it's going to be really fun to watch the Browns offense week one, Uh, but the the Ravens defense is so good. And I really think their secondary is incredible. The spread's at eight right now. So I did buy two points in favor of the Ravens. Um, so I have the Ravens minus six. I think they could win by a touchdown. Next up, we got the uh, Indianapolis Colts versus the Jags. Uh, Jags are proclaimed to be going into the year one of the, if not the worst team in the league. Um, spread right now is at minus eight in favor of the Colts. I think the Colts win this one with ease. I'm excited to see what Jonathan Taylor does in that backfield, as I know both of you are too. I think the Colts win this game 28-10. I'll make that the final prediction. Eagles versus the Washington football team. Now, I'm honestly a little surprised by this spread. Vegas has this line right now at minus 5.5 in favor of the Birds. And I know know a couple of my Birds fans from uh, Rowan University are listening to this, and I honestly think that they should be ashamed. Why, why is it five and a half against probably, I know I mentioned the Jags might be the worst team in football, but you, you might be looking at the second worst team in football in Washington. I mean, I, I like Haskins. I think he's going to put up a solid year um, going into his second year, but overall, I mean, I don't know, Ron Rivera. I mean, he's a great coach. I just, I just can't see the Washington football team putting it together week one against a solid Eagle squad. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a game and a half. And I think, I think they win that one with ease. Here we go, Al. Next up, we got the Jets Super Bowl. Jets at Bills. Spread right now, six and a half in favor of the Bills. Al said it before, the Jets need to win this game. They have a really tough four games after this, and and it really is the Jets Super Bowl. I mean, we're expecting big things out of Darnold this year, man. And, you know, we'll we'll see what Gase ends up doing with Lev. Hopefully he gets the uh, the carries and the looks that he deserves. But, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't. I can't pick against the Jets here. 
I really have faith in that man. And even if they lose, I think it's going to be a really close game. I mean, majority of the public is probably taking the bills with ease, but they might be a tiny bit overrated. I mean, they're predicted to win the AFC East. I get it. They're a solid team, but don't sleep on the Jets. This might be bias, whatever. I'm taking the Jets plus six and a half. Next up, we got the Pats versus the Dolphins. Spread right now is six and a half in favor of the Patriots. Cam is going to come out. He's going to play like a fucking all-star. He's ready to go. He's motivated. He says that this offense right now that they're running in New England is his dream situation. Fitzmagic getting the start. Ryan Fitzmagic is getting the start. Um, I can see Tua coming in midway through the year, and I think uh, the Dolphins start the year off with a loss. and Not, not only a loss, but a big loss. I think the uh, Patriots cover the six and a half points. Next up, Lions, Bears, Lions money line. I mean, Stafford expecting big things. I, Trubisky is getting the start. I personally think Foles is going to come in in a couple of weeks and take over. I think Mitch Trubisky is, is awful. I think he's going to have two or maybe three picks against kind of kind of shitty Lions defense. I mean, they're, they're without Slay. I know they drafted that corner early. We'll see, but I'm, I'm going Lions money line right now. Next up, I'm, I'm taking an underdog with this one. Packers against the Vikings. I, I think the Packers will figure it out. I, I really think A-Rod will come in slinging. Um, Vikings are without Diggs. I mean, Thielen's going to be their guy. He's going to be great in fantasy production. But I, I like the Packers right now. I, I believe they're at plus 120. I like it. I think it's a steal. I'm going to include that in a lot of my straight-up picks and parlays this week. So, Hammer the Packers money line. Next up, the Vegas Raiders. The first game as a Las Vegas football team. How about that? Against the Teddy Bridgewater, Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, this game, I a lot of people are saying it's going to be a blowout in favor of the Raiders. I don't know, man. Uh, the Panthers' defense might be the worst defense in the league, but I'm excited to see what that offense brings week one. Just, just the threat of Teddy Bridgewater. He can maneuver around the pocket. Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. I have in multiple leagues. I I hope they go off and don't forget Zach's got Ian Thomas at the tight end spot. Teddy's going to check down. I could see this being a really high scoring game. So I'm I'm going with the over, over 47 and a half. Um, I know that Al mentioned before 2012 of the NFL season after they had the, uh, the lockout week one, 14 out of the 16 overs hit in those games. And this is a very similar offseason, given that there's limited practices, um, limited contacts. Uh, I think the overs are, are the way to go week one here. That leads into my next pick, Bengals versus Chargers. Joe Burrow, the debut of the Heisman winner, national champion Joe Burrow. I, I hope he does well. I'm rooting for the kid. Big Dick Joe, man. And he's going against Big Joey Bosa and those Chargers. I think Eckler's going to have a game. I could see it being an offensive battle again. I really can 43 and a half, take the over. Cardinals versus Niners. Now, th- this one's interesting because I really didn't know what to go. I honestly think this might be the toughest on the week one board. I really do. The line is at six and a half in favor of the Niners, but I could really see the Cardinals. I could see Kyler Murray and you know DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to be really exciting to watch those clips of his touchdowns on red zone week one. And I, I really think that the Cardinals keep it a close game. I'm not saying they're going to win. But I can see it being a, a three, four-point game. But I, I'm going to go with the Cardinals, plus six and a half. Bucks versus Saints. I think this might be, other than the uh, you know opening night, Thursday night, Texans-Chiefs, I think this might be the most watched game of week one. Um, you know, Everyone's dying to see Tom Brady live in a Bucks uniform. 
and not only just live in a Bucks uniform, but they're playing their division rival in the Saints in New Orleans. I mean, it's going to be a – I think it's going to be a shootout. I know that they both have pretty solid defenses, especially the Saints. And Todd Bowles knows how to run a defense. He's there in Tampa Bay. But I think we kind of put that aside week one. Like I said with the overs before, a lot of them, I believe, are going to hit. It's pretty high at 49, but I'm saying take it. I'm saying take the over, root for a great game, root for a shootout, and it'll be a fantastic game to watch. Monday night, we got Zach Ties, New York football giants, playing Let's the go big blue. Pittsburgh Steelers. And right now the spread is in favor of Pittsburgh. Uh, minus five and a half, I know. It's said of that because Pittsburgh, they probably have the best defense in the NFL. They, they really do. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping Danny Dimes puts up a good game. I know in this segment before, it looks like uh, the guys would take Danny Dimes to start in fantasy over Baker. And, you know, I could see Danny throwing, throwing for uh, a touchdown here and there, maybe 200-something yards. And if he does, if he puts up that 300, two touchdowns, no picks, no turnovers, like Zach said, I mean, you might you might have something in him, and, and that's exciting as a Giants fan. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a good game until the end. I think the Steelers' defense is, is going to kind of take over late in the game. They're going to adapt at halftime to the Giants' offensive game plan. Um, I think the Steelers win this one. No, Steelers minus five and a half. Last game of the week, Titans are wrapping it up against the Broncos. The lines right now is at two and a half. I know it was even a week ago. Looks like majority of the public is absolutely hammering the Titans. And I can see why. I really can. They're a great football team. They they played against the Chiefs last year in the AFC Championship game, and I could only see them. I mean, they've only gotten better, to be honest. So I, I, I'm i going with the Titans here, minus two and a half. And, uh, you know, that wraps it up. That wraps up this week's picks. Um, you know, hopefully we'll see. Like I said, week one is probably the hardest prediction to make as far as NFL, as far as any sport, it really is. You just never know what to expect. That's the thing. You never know what to expect with that, you know? Right. So anyway, guys, shoot me a follow on Twitter, sbets9. Um, For those who haven't, uh, like I said, I'm posting daily picks here, any sport, really, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. I'm going to get some UFC cards going um, later on this month and, um, you know, maybe some U.S. Open action here and there. But, um, you know, give it a follow, daily picks, and uh, see you guys next week. Awesome. All right. And thank you, Sholden Al, for the time and the knowledge. But our time here is done for today. Uh, week one, man. Week one's coming up. College football, NFL. It's going to be a fun, action-packed weekend. We can't wait. We are your home for everything NFL, college football, sports betting, and fantasy sports. Please check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Register five stars. Leave us a kind of review if you could be so kind. And like always, man, tune in next week. 